Hello, boys and ghouls, and welcome to episode number five. When we recorded our previous episode about Ray Bradbury and Something Wicked This Way Comes, we discussed whether movies that frightened us as kids were still scary to us as adults. That topic went to some fun and interesting places, so we decided to make it into its own episode. So we hope you enjoy this, our fifth ever episode of Boys and Ghouls. You want to see something really scary? They come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead. Zombies, exploding heads. Psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases. Now do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? I know that one of you is a werewolf. Ain't nothing but dead folks. I want to kill the undead. So you you ever talk to a corpse? Satan is our pal. It's boring. Throw the third switch! Not the third switch! Give my creation! Step in anytime you want. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody. That's dumb. Hello. Uh, hello, faithful listener. No, nah, that's good. <laughs> Not quite. Um. Um, Kat. Yes, Marshall. I think you're just bursting at the seams to tell me about that you made a horror movie. I made a horror. Well, I didn't make it, but I filmed it. I was in it. I just finished filming my very first feature film. It's a horror movie called Night Terrors. It's a little indie number. The guys who cast me did a little Indiegogo campaign and got the money together. And we filmed it. They Their shooting schedule was a full two weeks. I was only filming for six days. And it was a lot of fun. You know, we filmed at this cabin by a lake and... Um, it's not as cabiny as it sounds. It's not. It's, it's not like Evil Dead cabiny. But right. I got to go investigate a strange noise outside in the dark, and you know. How, how much are you allowed to say? Like, does your character die? Um, you'll have to watch it to find out. But I All do right. go investigate a strange noise in the dark by myself. So, what do you think? Do you say I'll, I'll be right back? Yes. Really? Yeah. Well, n- yeah, I do. Now, I mean, we'll see if that part makes the cut. But I think I did say that. Yeah. Okay. As the other character begs me to go check out what what it is that he saw, because he's having, you guessed it, night terrors. Night terrors. And he says, "Please Not go just look." Just a clever title. No, go look, go look. And I say, "Okay, okay, I'll go look." Just you know, tell yourself it's only a dream, and then I go investigate. I think I do say I'll be right back. Again, you'll what, have to watch it to is, find out. Is there a part where it's just a cat? Just a cat. You know, where it's like I heard a noise. It's just a cat. Oh, not like just you. Cat. I know. That's what I was, I was like. Are we getting meta? It's just a cat. Not yet. Um, no, I no, not really. I think it's just we. There are the. It's definitely a. Oh, it's just your night terrors kind of comforting that goes on in a in a horror movie. Well, it's just X Y Z, and then of course it's never just that. Sure. If you were to compare it to another movie, if I were to compare this movie to, I don't. It's kind of. I guess I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it's definitely psychological horror. It's, well, the plot is that this aging businessman, he's been paralyzed from the waist down in a car accident, and he has these caretakers, daytime and nighttime care, and I play his daytime nurse, and there's a guy who plays his nighttime nurse, and he starts having these night terrors once he quits his job. And uh, we, I mean, we had a snake wrangler on set one day. I'll what tell you that much. Well, I wasn't there, but I'm told it was an albino corn snake. 
like four feet long. So I, white with pink eyes. Is that poisonous? Uh, oh God, no. I, I I don't think so. Okay. But apparently the guy, the the snake wrangler, worked on the last two Indiana Jones movies and a lot of other stuff, and was quite the card, from what I hear. Really entertaining. I wish I'd been there, but that you know I wasn't in that scene. What uh, what did the breakdown say? Like way back when you first heard of this? Oh, uh, my character, her name is Katrina, and she is dark and knowingly sexy. I tried to portray that in every moment of the film. Just kidding, but yeah, no, that truly was the description. Uh, so how do you how do you like go in for that kind of audition? It's like you just stare and don't say anything. Okay, I'm just kidding. Really. No, I didn't do that. I, I don't know how I've just work. tricked you like three times in a row. Of course I didn't. But I that that whole dark thing kind of was more subtly portrayed. It wasn't, you know, it's not like I was... I was wearing scrubs for half the movie. You know, it's it's not like she's a sex pot. She's just cool. Okay. And kind of... she's She's got on a brave front. And she wants to be a, a good caretaker. And she... She does a good job for a while. Now, uh, will there be... Do you know reshoots or... What really has me interested is looping sessions where you have to scream a lot. Oh, you know what? I don't, I hope not. I didn't do any screaming in the film, but I have had to do ADR like that, which it wasn't horror screaming, but I did this movie, this chainsaw fighting film last summer. I remember. For which several months ago I had to go do ADR. And it was a lot of what apparently in the voiceover world they call efforts, which like is grunts. like, yeah. Ugh, ah! you know, because we're connecting with the chainsaw. It's basically sure. like sword fighting. But um, that was really fun because I felt like, oh my gosh, this must have been what Sarah Michelle Gellar got to do all the time or had to do, whatever, during Buffy, you know, <laughs> all these efforts. That was really fun. And and uh, I was, I, I'd know, like I was, to think that in her case, they would just have just a bank of efforts by season two. Probably. She and doesn't have go, to come in anymore. Let me get a, let me get a grunt. Another good grunt. Right. Probably. Yeah, I was in this tiny room when I did that, in like, just this tiny little recording booth by myself, and uh, after like four takes of all that, and the breathing hard and the screaming, I actually got a little lightheaded. It was, I was embarrassed. I was like, really? What am I, 80? But it was fun. But no, I don't know. We'll see if I have to do ADR for this. I hope not. We had a really super professional sound guy on set, and I think we got it all. We'll see. That's cool. I looked up your uh, filming location once. Yeah. And it was hella far away. Well, it's like 45 minutes from here. It's not too bad. I mean, I'm used to that kind of drive, but they offered to put me up at various people. Like, so, like one, the producer lives right near where we were filming, so I could have crashed at... There, there were plenty of bedrooms available, but... I kind of wanted to get back home to my bed. There were I was definitely exhausted at the end of the night driving home, but it was nice to be in my own bed and, you know, just have a four-hour recharge before I had to be back on set, you know, the next day. But All right, it was good. good fun. It was a lot of... It was thrilling. I mean, you know me. It's my dream. I would love to just... I would film nothing but horror movies. I love it so much. So to be able to just sort of be... And, and like, from an acting perspective, too, just horror-wise... Or non-horror-wise, uh, from the acting perspective of being in a longer project than yeah. a five-minute scene, to be able to, to have, like, multiple scenes with the same character and sort of travel through the character arc at the risk of sounding, you know. I'm guessing it was mostly one location. Two or three. Well, we, we were in, as far as indoors, we had two different houses we filmed inside, and then we had 
to a couple different locations for external shots. So. Well, f- follow-up question. How out of chronology did you shoot? Pretty out of chronology, yeah. I mean, we filmed the earliest parts of the beginning. There are scenes in the main character's home, and then we travel to the cabin. But as far as the stuff that was inside the cabin, really create Like, I filmed my, my last scene for the film chronologically. I filmed that, like, three days before we were done shooting. So it was pretty out of, out of whack. So I think that was... That was cool because it was it gave me the opportunity to have to really think about what I was doing rather than it flowing naturally. It was like, okay, sure. where am I? What hap- What just happened? What's about to happen? I know that on the really uh, cheap shoots, yeah. just to keep wardrobe costs down, if you were to get bloody by the end, they would just go in order so the blood would be consistent. Right. And I have to say that costuming-wise, it was a bit of a challenge because it was kind of reminding myself... We filmed portions of scenes or portions of the same day, like over the course of a few different days. So it would be, we, yeah. you know, it's the same scene in the film, but we filmed it at four different times. So I'd have to keep putting that outfit back on. I mean, it wasn't like a crazy amount of changing, but, you know, they had it very well planned out. But I did have to go, okay, I'm in this same outfit again that I was in before. How was my hair? Like, what am I, you know, where usually you'd have someone to think about that. I kind of played that role for myself yeah you have like a script supervisor i mean the producer was there for me to like i had to bounce off him i'm like okay so i'm wearing this again yes you know he i mean they were very organized but it wasn't i think the 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 job of like script supervisor and wardrobe uh personnel they're about the last people to still use polaroids yeah like in the world yeah well we we had people a lot of the um the pas and the producer were taking pictures every day of costumes and everything but they were doing on their on their iphones digital cameras but yeah yeah i think it would be a little more useful to have a polaroid actually it's funny when i went in for i did background work on a movie that i can't talk about actually i signed a non-disclosure agreement says the background actor um on that will you be allowed to talk about it once it comes out yeah all right, stay I tuned, will. folks. Yeah, but um, they, you know, when when I went in for my costume fitting at Sony, they they took Polaroids. I see. So. All right, it's good to know they still make Polaroid films. Uh huh. For the Polaroid enthusiasts among us. Yep. No, I mean I know it's low budget. Yeah. Uh, did you have to like pitch in? You know, carry some equipment. Uh oh, I didn't have to, but you know me. I I mean, you know, if something had to be carried, I did. But for the most part, they were incredibly good about taking care of us and not making us haul things around. But I offer to help when I can because I'm I'm getting something a great experience out of it. So it's like, sure. why wouldn't I? But no, I didn't have to. I did take one for the team though. I got stung by something. You can still see the residual huge red mark on my arm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen in the listening audience, I'm now looking at a quarter-sized <laughs> red mark on her arm. It's kind of scaly. I'm hoping that I'm going to turn into like a spider lady or something. Like Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man? Yeah. Okay. Maybe the bug that stung me was radioactive. I recently encountered and killed my first ever Black Widow <gasps> spider. Where? Uh, I was at work, and I was walking around. Just outside? Yeah. Or inside? Oh, my outside, gosh. Outside, outside. And it was like, huh, spider web. Huh, spider. Huh. Oh, no. The telltale. The red uh, hourglass. Red hourglass on the back. <gasps> and it was like, you're the first Black Widow I've ever seen. I'm the last thing you'll ever see. Yes. And well, that's the only appropriate response. I mean, I don't like killing anything, but I, yeah. I actually, my, I didn't see any black widow spiders ever until I moved to Southern California. And then I saw, I saw one like three years ago and I just, my heart stopped. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Did you show anyone else? Were you like guys or did, were you just like, no, no, no I was, if I, I was, walk away, it'll disappear. And I then was it's by on myself. My face. There was nobody around. I see. 
So I decided I had to tell the tale. How'd you kill it? My foot. Yeah. My, my, my big fear was that... Um, you wouldn't kill it? Was that I missed. And then like like a few minutes later, just be crawling up my shirt. Oh, gosh. That's really scary. Yeah. It, it's hard to really sound like a big man after, after you're like, and then I stepped on a spider. Yeah, but, but it's a black widow. Doesn't it have enough venom to kill a, kill a man? Yes. If you don't get to the doctor, you're going to die. So there Not you, but if you were bitten. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, yes, there, there you did you the go, world everybody. a service, I That's think. That's a little more scary than the time I saw a skunk at work. <laughs> well, that is scary in a different way. You're like, how's my life's going to be different for the next 72 hours or so if I don't get away from this skunk. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to change the lives of those around me with my smell. <laughs> Frightening. What scares you? Ah! Is it seeing a ghost? Is it burning your toast? Is it meeting a witch? We are um, here to talk about things that scared us as a kid and uh, looking back on it and seeing if they, those things uh, still scare us today. And we'll also be talking about what scares kids, what scared us as kids, what scared our friends as kids, and why. And the majority of the things that scared me as a kid were all made around 1983. Yeah, it's interesting to know that. Mostly because that's when I was a kid. Yeah. When did The Gate come out? You and I watched The Gate not too, not terribly long ago together. No. And um, I, that scared me a lot as a kid. But I, that was early 80s, yeah. A little later. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, like mid. Mm-hmm. Mid-80s. Yeah. Um, so I want to read to you a couple of quotes I found from Stephen King. There's an essay that Stephen King wrote called yeah. My Creature from the Black Lagoon. Have you read this? I couldn't find it online, but I oh. want to find it and read it. But apparently it's just this essay talking about, I guess the first movie he remembers watching was Creature from the Black okay. Lagoon. And it affected him greatly. But he talks, he's talking in this essay about kids and horror and being forever changed by watching something that scares them. Mm-hmm. And he says that kids are the perfect audience for horror and that they are... Quote, jugglers of the invisible world, a perfectly understandable phenomenon when you consider the perspective they must view things from. And then he says to children, even Disney movies are minefields of terror and that almost everything has scare potential for the child under eight. Children are literally afraid of their own shadows at the right time and place. And then I kind of get to, in my mind, how much of what we become afraid of as children is inherently scary and how much are we taught to be afraid of? For example, are all kids inherently afraid of clowns or is that something they're taught by seeing it and movies where clowns are scary? Or or are they genuinely just scary things? uh, One of the things that made me afraid was self-mutilation. Right. I don't think I was ever taught to be afraid of it. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, uh, it's pretty disturbing to watch someone hurt themselves, I think. But it, it was in me, and it, it took something like something that Wicked This Way comes to bring it out enough to me to go, oh my gosh. Yeah. I think it's important maybe to talk about older movies that were for children. There were a lot of movies that I talked I talked to a lot of people in preparing for this podcast about yeah. what scared them when they were kids, what movies scared them, were there any scarring moments, and a lot of people listed movies that aren't considered traditionally horror movies. Okay. Like, well, I know for me, I love The NeverEnding Story, but there were parts of that that genuinely scared me. Even the dog, the good dog that the kid rides on, that Bastion rides on, yeah. um, the white dog with the big nostrils, he's a good guy, but just the fact of it being a huge dog with this voice and these huge 
this huge nose for some reason creeped me out a little. So we have Neverending Story, of course, Labyrinth, which, you know, and then Dark Crystal, which I didn't see till I was older. And it still yeah. scared me a lot. And it's these creature, these fantasy creature movies that I know for a lot of people were scary to them. But you don't see, you know... Yeah, I think Jim Henson really overdid it with that one. You don't see movies that are quite that dark, um, in my opinion, for kids these days. I mean, the, when you think about the rash well, of scary... The, the Harry Potter films... I, I know that um, they're supposed to skew a little older by the time you get to the last ones. Yeah. But I think kids are still watching it, regardless. I don't know. There's something they, more... Ref- they keep the ratings, you know, all of them are under PG-13, or are PG-13. I just don't view the even the early Harry Potter films. Yeah, there are dark elements, but they're, to me, I don't know what it is about the, um, for some reason, maybe it's that the worlds of Labyrinth and Dark Tower... Uh, Dark Tower, you, you you can tell that Stephen King's on my brain. Um, Dark Crystal, those worlds seem so much more foreign to me than a world of like Harry Potter. I don't know why. I know it's witches and whatever, but at least in yeah. Harry Potter, well, I don't they, know. They've what got it is. like one foot in reality. Yeah, still that's true because he's reading the book. I I but for some reason, uh, I'm thinking about like Neverending Story. I, I get I don't know. For me, they're they're just different. Could we be proving the point now that it's just? The movies you watched when you, when see you were it? a kid? Maybe. It it's, could be. It's not the movies that are different. It's Cat that's different. It is Cat that's different. Well, and I'd like to talk to kids who saw, who've seen Harry Potter when they were six, seven years old. Like the first movies. Like maybe that, maybe it is true. Yeah. Maybe that affects. And, and sometimes I think it's just, uh, again, being exposed to something for the first time. Yeah. And it, it's not like that movie was really that scary. It's just the first movie to introduce that particular scary concept. Right. I got on my, I got back on my own horse recently getting ready for this podcast, which yeah. is arachnophobia scared me a lot when I was a kid. I, there was, um, I, I probably only saw it once and I'm sure it's not a great movie, but I, there was a scene. I remembered a shower you know, it's, scene. It's even worse than that. It's supposed to be a funny movie. Really? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's a horror movie. But it's, it's like, also... Like, is it supposed to be like Tremors or something? Uh, about pitched like that. Arachnophobia. Eight legs, two fangs, and an attitude. Perk up, Lloyd. If we find the spider that did this, you can arrest him. Arachnophobia. A thrillomedy. It's kind of like, like a romp of, of a horror movie, uh, which at your young age you just saw as horror. Spiders! Which... Same thing for me for a movie called Strange Invaders. Uh-huh. Great. 1983, where everything I seem to be afraid of came from. <laughs> I've uh, never heard of Strange Invaders. Strange Invaders, for good reason. It wasn't a great movie. Uh-huh. And I, I went back in my 20s to, to, like, find it on VHS. And it says right on the back, like, a goofy look at the alien invasion movie. I'm like, goofy, my goofy. nuts. <laughs> This is a scary, scary film. And yeah. I'm like, this is just wrong. And I'm going to prove it wrong by taking it home and watching it. And then <laughs> I took it and watched it. <sighs> and, well, I mean, I had no frame of reference when I was a kid for the 1950s invasion movies. It was parodying. Yeah. Uh, not spoofing. It, it never went that far to like spoof. But it, it was just... Bit of a send-up. Yeah. Yeah. Of those type movies. The plot, and it's been actually long enough since I revisited it. I'm I'm still a little sketchy on the details, but there was a town in the 1950s that got completely taken over by aliens and all the people were replaced with aliens. Oh. Then like 25 years later, it's time to recall all of these aliens 
back to the mothership and you know like one of the aliens is I don't know, either Wallace Shawn or very whoever the poor man's Wallace Shawn is or actual Wallace Shawn is, is, is very good at video games like he's playing Space Invaders oh yeah uh, which was supposed to be like a funny haha because he was getting the high score but to young me I'm like well that's how you know who the real aliens are yeah the people who get the really high video game scores because <laughs> they've done that for real <laughs> Uh, and then they all get oh, the recalled, brain. but one of like the aliens, she grew up in as a family, and now she doesn't want to leave the family, and there's, that's kind of the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but, but for you, pure terror. Terror, and they hid the mothership under a church, Oh. which that, combined with a couple other things uh, I'll get into later, uh, made me very afraid of churches. Wow. This uh, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went... This is involved. I went to a funeral. Uh, my mom's babysitter had died and so i went to one of my rare visits to a church to her funeral side note her sister had also died like that week it was a weird thing so they were having a double funeral yeah it was a black church uh-huh so i thought that's just how black people had funerals two at a time oh, no. i'd been to white funerals and they were one so- person they were so little events <laughs> oh, no. so yeah Anyways, but, oh man! And, and then I had to go to the bathroom. And mom's like, my mom's like, well, you just go down those steps and down to like like the rectory or something, or whatever they keep downstairs, the the multi-purpose room. Uh huh. And there's bathrooms down there, just like under the church. You know what's under churches? Alien oh. spacecrafts. So what's under churches? And if they catch you, they're gonna zap you with this gun that doesn't kill you but makes you shrivel up and turn into a ball. <laughs> which by the end of the movie, everybody who was turned into balls get gets reanimated. Uh huh. Small consolation. Well, my, I, like I said, I, I, um, getting back to my Moby Dick that I, that I conquered, um, was that I, I, did you know that Ray Bradbury did the screenplay for Moby Dick? I didn't know that. John Houston's Moby Dick? Wow. You were saying. Thank you. Yeah. So I knew that the shower scene, which I remembered as being some girl in a shower and being attacked by probably millions of spiders. I, I I just figured it would be on YouTube, so I put in arachnophobia shower scene and watched this very brief scene with one spider. One in spider, it. but that in, came down right in between her soapy boobs. Oh my gosh! How do you remember this? I watched. I it. didn't. I didn't remember the boobs part until. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't see nipple or anything. Not that that makes much of a difference. But I, I watched pr- that. The, this two of my friends were um, for science, for science class. Uh, we're trying a sleep depth experiment. The last six hours of which took place at my place. So we watched Arachnophobia, Taking Care of Business, and Dark Man. Oh my gosh! As they just lost their minds because they'd been up for like forty eight hours. Well, so yeah, so I'm watching this video, and it's one spider crawling along a shower rod, and then it jumps right onto her face, and yeah. then goes down her soapy boobs. And, uh, I mean, I'm not kidding you. For, like, a good week after I watched that movie when I was way too young to be watching it, I didn't want to take a bath. I mean, that scared the crap out of me. And, like I said, my memory, my brain had blown it up into being lots of spiders. And it was one spider. One spider. But that's one a child's mind for you. Right. So I found a list from uh, psychologytoday.com of, of horror movies you can watch with your kids. Oh. These are their suggestions. So someone wrote in asking if they could he could recommend a horror film for their tween, you know, like an 11, 12, 13-year-old. And um, this is Stephen Schlotzman from last June. He wrote that he has to establish some rules first. 
Uh, so any horror movie you're going to watch with your children or, yeah. or teenagers should include these elements. Friendship. Mm-hmm. Minimal to no gore. Transgressions or perceived transgressions. His reasoning is that the brain of an 11-year-old is just wandering into the capacity to situationally appraise right versus wrong. So he's saying the best horror films feature a clear element of choice. What am I going to do? Is okay. Am I going to do the good thing or the bad thing? He says supernatural themes, no slasher films, is a sub a point of this bullet point, I which see. is he's saying we don't need to scare our kids with real life stuff. So if it's supernatural themes, then that's that's a little better rather than some crazy man named Michael Myers that coming does, in. That does gloss over sci-fi horror. It does. Uh, so after supernatural themes comes redemption. So again, so again to to recap, friendship, yeah. no gore, stick to the supernatural, transgress and redeem. Those are his qualities of a good horror movie to watch with your kids. And it sounds like well, something wicked this way comes his, has hit all of those. His number one is something wicked this way comes, Boosh. followed by number two, the Spiderwick Chronicles, which I never saw from mm-hmm. two thousand eight. Monster House from 2006. That's a good movie. Uh, and then his number four was Coraline. Hmm, yes, Coraline. Which I, I didn't see. Also um, involves, um, at, at, at the end of the day, a uh, big spider. Yeah. Big old spider. Really? Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about briefly horror movies for kids today or, or horror themed movies for kids today. And there is kind of a rash of them coming up this year and, and in, in the last few years. I'm talking about Paranorman. I'm talking yeah. about Frankenweenie. I'm talking about Hotel Transylvania. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that, but these are I all did. animated type films. Call me crazy or stupid or living under a rock, but I didn't realize that Tim Burton did a 30 minute short film, Frankenweenie, back in 1984. That now he's making this feature that oh, yeah. is, you know, his stop motion animation. I didn't realize that Shelley Duvall and Daniel Stern play the parents to a boy who reanimates yeah. his dog and Around, it's this whole moral story. Well, it used to be a special feature with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. You could get it on the DVD. I never saw it. They used to sell it on its own on VHS. I guess what I'm getting at with these films is sort of... And it's really good. It's a lot of fun. I think that... Well, yeah, I watched... It's, it's on YouTube in its entirety and I watched a good bit of it. And it was. It was really cool. And the kid who plays the child who... Who reanimates his dog is the kid from he's Sebastian from the Neverending Story. The little girl who does like the exercises, yeah, with is the Barbie so- Sophia Coppola. What? I recently found this out. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, she's she's doing leg lifts with her Barbie, and she's like, Barbie, you're not going high enough. It's this very weird moment. Yeah. But I guess I I guess what I'm getting at with these films is, do you? I mean. What can you say about what's being offered to kids today versus what trend? was offered when you were a kid or when I was a kid? What is that? What's the difference? Is there a difference? There was more fantasy when I was a kid. In the time between my childhood and yours, you got goosebumps. I did. Capital G goosebumps. I love goosebumps. I love R.L. Stein. And, and, and all, the Fear Street novels. Yeah, and, those and, and all that business. Which instead of having kids find horror on their own that was kind of made for adults. Yeah. You got your own package. Direct to you. Starring you. Starring kids. Yeah. Yeah. They had a Goosebumps TV show that was all done in Canada and really a lot of fun. Like The Haunted Mask is a really, you know, a really fun one that I've seen lots of times. Plus you had, what's one of the witches? Was it The Witches? The Witches. And then Hocus Pocus. Oh, I love Amok, Amok, Amok. I love that movie. Well, and, you know, despite those tailor-made horror movies for kids, I still think pretty much any generation of kids is going to seek out stuff that's not made for them that's horror. Or they're going to happen upon it and be traumatized. For example, I was talking to Alec, who told me, 
that he happened upon the ending scenes of Aliens, not oh. Alien, but the sequel, where you see Lance Henriksen, who plays the android, you know, his, his name's Bishop, and yeah. he's, uh, it's the very end, the mother alien rips him apart oh, yeah. uh, right from his torso, and he's spraying that milk blood that they yeah. bleed, but as a kid, Alec saw this scene happen, and he didn't understand that, you know, because he, he saw it out of context. He hadn't seen the whole movie. So and he didn't he understand. Android? Yeah, so he thought that's what happens when you get ripped apart if you're a human. is that You get this nasty milk. Bleed milk. It's, you know, so for him, that was like really jarring you to know, see. And if there's no adults there to do damage control, you will carry that around with you for a while. It's true. Yeah, yeah. and that's what a lot of these articles about parenting and psychology and how to protect your kids from these things is. The point is kids can't yet distinguish between reality and fantasy and they need you know if you're going to watch something like anything horror themed with them you need to screen it first and be prepared to talk about things and one of the things i ran into with a lot of people i asked the exorcist was particularly traumatizing for the people i talked to to watch a lot yeah. of freddy krueger a lot of nightmare on elm street you sure know? it was sort of just adult horror movies that they saw as kids is what scared them exactly but i mean i think it's well of course but i mean i think it's interesting the types of movies that they saw and that scared them you know the shining and again i kind of come back to what of those images or moments in those movies are truly like really incredibly scary no matter who you are or what your context is or is some of it taught as far as you about the movie if, if you were as many of us are raised with a fear of strangers Mm -hmm. and kidnapping and parents don't really go into what happens when you're kidnapped you know they're not like well they're probably selling to child pornography yeah you know best case scenario <laughs> uh if you're not just kept chained in a basement they don't get into specifics they just say taken and that's all you need yeah it's just that you'll be taken you'll be taken so it's pretty of, mysterious uh, of these movies really anything from um you know a killer clown to a zombie anything that could take you anything that could take that you. you wouldn't want to be alone with yeah to have they them don't do even have to get want. into specifics like uh what is a zombie going to do to me once they've got me don't worry about it just taking right is, is bad enough let me ask you a question okay so time magazine did a list in November of 2011, of their top 25 horror movies. Not theirs, but, you know, what their list is of mm. the top 25. Okay. What do you think was number one? Brr. Um, well, not based on my own opinion, but just trying to think like Time Magazine. <laughs> it would be something that's considered a classic, but not an obvious classic. Usually with these types of lists, the number one spot will go to someone deceased. Okay. So I'd have to say... Um, the Shining. Very close. Bambi. <laughs> okay, go on. I think that speaks to, uh... I'm sorry, were these horror movies or scariest movies? It says top 25 horror movies. Which is funny. I think that's a little bit... I think you have to kind of take that away from them and say, no, 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 Time Magazine, you don't get to do that. Yeah. Because I think what they mean is one of the most horrifying moments, probably, of any movie. Because sure. Bambi as a horror movie... I mean, but they're referring to how shocking it is when you see you know, Bambi's mom die. But I think that kind of speaks to how do we define what horror is? You know, what, what is that? What Pretty makes easily. something well, a horror movie? Well, when you're movie? working in a uh, video store. Is it kind of like porn where it's... you know it when you see it? Well, much like porn, um, it's <laughs> whatever was in the horror section of my video store was a horror movie. And uh, we would also divide up our porn by soft and hard. Interesting. Yeah, the hard stuff got kept behind glass and you had to request it. By writing it down on a piece of paper. And the soft stuff, you could just bring the box up to the, uh, the counter. 
last thing I wanted to talk about was, okay, so we're talking about what scares kids. Mm. Funnily enough, or maybe not, kids are often used as the scary thing in horror movies. I mean, we it doesn't even take much thought to list off what we have the twins in The Shining. We have Children of the Corn. I mean, their entire yeah. movies built around scary kids. Uh, the Bad Seed, The Ring. Yeah. Do you think um, that these kids in these movies are scarier to adults or scarier to kids? Um... I think they're scarier to adults. I think so too. But I think that's because adults have a concept of the fact that kids are supposed to be innocent and untouched by evil, you know? Yeah. And so for a movie like The Omen, you know, you have little Damien who's the devil. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think kids have a concept of the idea that what of what is so incredibly wrong about a kid being evil. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, it probably is scarier for adults. But I think it's that just corruption of the uh, of the ultimate innocence. And it's, it's hard to fight a kid until it's absolutely go time. Yeah, like, like, like Gage you... in Pet Cemetery coming at you with a scalpel. Yeah, well, you keep giving them the benefit of the doubt until it's literally too late. Like, if you right. find a kid on your property, you're like, hey, kid, come inside. Yeah. Let me, let me get you inside and we'll, we'll, you know, call your mom. Whereas if you see a guy on your property... First thing, get off my property. Right. Well, and there are also images of kids who aren't evil, but for some reason it's creepy. Like, what I'm thinking of is the little blonde-headed girls jumping rope in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street singing, One, two, Freddy's coming. But they're not yeah. evil. They're no. just singing a little song. Good and creepy. But it's creepy, right? Yes. Because why? Because kids singing songs, I guess, about someone. I don't know. Because it's innocent little children singing a song about the boogeyman. I mean, what is it about them being kids that's Well, so... I was kid. I, I myself was a kid the first time I, I saw it. So it, to me, it was like, like something's happened to their brains. Right. You don't sing about Freddy. You run from Freddy. <laughs> so I think the conclusion we're maybe drawing here is that what people are most traumatized by when they're watching movies as kids often has to do more with the fact that they're watching it as a child and the context they're watching it in rather than how scary it actually is. I don't know. You mentioned things like me being traumatized by certain movies. It's because I was a kid, and yeah. that's why it so affected me. Whereas people watching Although, it, like you went into arachnophobia already with a fear of spiders. Who doesn't already have a fear of spiders? Spiders, I think, is another element entirely because, like, Darwinism teaches us, like, our bodies and the desire not to die teaches us to be afraid of spiders and snakes okay. and things. I so think. you suppose as we get older, we become more afraid of more complex things. Yes. And, and in some ways more afraid of even basic fears like that because we have a better sense of our own mortality. Mm. You know, the older you get, the more you realize, like, I could actually die. Whereas when you're a kid, I don't know, your knowledge and experience with death varies greatly depending on who's talked to you about it, if it's happened to someone close to you, you know. But yeah, I think I think as we get older, we grow to fear things more like the fear of going insane. Something uh, like something like that. But for an adult. Yeah, you know what? Going crazy would be really affect like uh, that's a genuine fear. I think to lose yourself and to lose your knowledge of who you are. I think that's scary. Ah, yes. You know, yeah. I, I was just thinking about uh, adults don't fear quicksand quite so much as kids do. As a kid, <laughs> you hear about quicksand, and well, and you know what sand is. Yeah, so you're like, what's you, going to make it quick? You can't tell quicksand from regular sand. Otherwise, <laughs> nobody would die from it. So it's like whenever your parents leave the house, you just hope. They don't encounter some quicksand on their travels. Right. You know, it's not really made known to us that quicksand is actually very rare. Right. And I guess mostly in South America. Right. Or something. No, you just think, oh, well, some sand just turns eaty. 
It wants to eat you. Yeah, like, like I've checked out the backyard and the front yard, and we're okay. But like once we leave the house, <laughs> anything could happen. It's just a world of quicksand. Yeah. Some of the things that scared me most as a kid weren't movies, but MTV music videos. What? See, we didn't have a VCR until I was like 12. (laughs) And movies, scary movies, wouldn't get played until late at night, and I had a bedtime. Okay. But scary music videos, they could just play any time of day. All right. And they would, in the early days of MTV, they didn't have as many videos and no original programming. So if they got a good music video, they'd just play it. Over. I'm racking over, my brain trying to find the ones that you might find scary as a well, kid. You know I can't wait to hear. One. Do uh do I? A little something called thriller. <gasps> well, yes. Zombies. I mean that music video scared every little child. Yeah, so much so that um, everything else I'm going to mention is only in comparison to thriller. Okay. Thriller had the werewolf scene. Where he's transforming. Where he's transforming. Ooh, that, that makeup. That, especially even more than the makeup, when he just goes like, run away! Yeah. To where he's just kind of hanging on to his humanity, but he's more wolf than man at this point. Oof. Yeah. And then, of course, the zombies, and then he becomes a zombie. Uh-huh. And then these zombies are, are out to get you. However, They this, got killer dance moves, though. Yeah. Thriller was not the only music video to feature werewolves or zombies. Go on. Well, first, there was the song Jeopardy. Uh, you may know it sort of, Our Love's in Jeopardy. I may baby. not know it. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was parodied by Weird Al as I Lost on Jeopardy. Oh, I know his parody. I okay. don't think I ever heard the original song. Well, have you have you have you ever seen the video? For, no, for the apparently not. Okay, at the end, he gets thrown out of the studio and into the back of like a convertible with <laughs> with a, with a, a guy and girl, and the guy is the singer of of the original what Jeopardy a song. Sport. Yeah, and okay, it was a uh, Greg Kinn. The band was the Greg Kinn band. Okay, I think it was pre Thriller. All right. It, it wasn't as slick. It was shot on video. Uh, whereas Thriller was filmed. Oh, yes. You know, and it looked really great. Um, John Landis directed that. Yes. So, in a nutshell, the Jeopardy video was a guy who was very anxious about getting married. He's in the church. Uh-huh. Another reason to be afraid of oh, churches God. is this video. He starts seeing things. He sees, like, his parents have handcuffs, are being handcuffed to each other. And then when he pulls the, the veil back. Uh-huh. Uh, she's like a kind of zombie monster. Oh. Under there. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the church is zombies. And what? they're not trying to eat him, but they are just sort of that, like, shuffle, touch you zombie. Ooh. Where they're just kind of, like, bumping into you a lot. It's and they're very... saying, congratulations on your wedding day. Something. Imaginarily. <laughs> well, he's sort of singing to them. Uh-huh. Also. As he's scared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they just sort of bump into him a bunch, but it's very scary. And then from the floor of the church comes like, boom, comes bursting out like a long tentacle. Very reminiscent of, and I, I don't know which came first. Let's see. In May 1983, Return of the Jedi came out. I'm not sure when this video was released, but it was very much like the Sarlacc. Oh. T- t- trying to pull you in. Ooh. So, and when you're young, you don't really differentiate 
the difference between music video and movie. Why and, would you? Well, yeah. it's it's like it's kind of they all hang out together uh-huh. in, in your brain. Yep. So you're like, it's a sarlacc. It's gonna digest you slowly over a thousand years. Yeah. And it tries to pull him in, but he's grabbing onto pews and he manages to break off a piece of the pew and just kind of stab it. Well, he's it singing, lets him go. probably still. Yeah. That part. No, maybe but, that but was then, the little musical interlude. Yeah, but then he stands up and sort of. In, in one of the video's weaker moments, kind of air guitars with the piece oh, boy. of the pew while singing. It's, oh, boy, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> yeah, that that scared me pretty well. And then, oh, it was all a dream. It was one of those videos where... Oh, I see. It's all a dream. And then he... The thread of the narrative's a little hard to follow. I believe he leaves the church, runs out of the church, sees another gal running out of a different church. So this isn't who he's supposed to marry. She's leaving her own wedding. Uh-huh. He's leaving his wedding. He hops into a converted one and is like, hey, get in. Oh, goodness. And they're like, all right, nothing like a bad decision. Yeah. That's the song Jeopardy, which was video containing a zombie uh, wedding and a sarlacc, I'm guessing. Yeah. All as a metaphor for fear of commitment. I was just going to make that joke. Yeah. Uh, just an astute observation. Yeah. Nothing even funny about it. And it's, it is a weaker moment because it was, they did the best they could with the budget they had, but they tried to um, show an older couple joined at the hip with like a Cronenberg-esque Ew. fleshy umbilical. Good However, God. it just looked like a deflating pool toy. Right. It really just didn't look like much at all. Like you knew what they were going for. Yeah. But it was just like. As a kid, were you like. That doesn't look like a real umbilical cord. No, it was like, get out, because zombies are coming. Right. And you knew... That you just were scared. You knew every beat of the narrative because they would show it. Yeah. uh, Again and again. Uh, Another scary one that came out around 1983 was She's a Beauty by the Tubes. Again, another one I don't know. Yeah. In this one, it's set at a carnival. It's a carnival ride. The singer comes out as a barker and is like, step right up and ride She's a Beauty. And like a a, a young boy with like a cut-off denim vest takes a ride. It's sort of like a combination of a spook house ride and the girly show. Okay. And he sits down. The ride is like a woman in a dominatrix outfit, and he like sort of sits on her lap, and she's holding a bar in front of him. Oh. And then they then ride through, like, like she's on some kind of like a ride chair. Yeah. And, and they ride through, and then he gets to see, so far not scary. Yeah. Particularly odd. But so he sees like a, um, a dancing women, and a mermaid woman, and then like a trapeze artist doing doing their things. Okay. And like women dressed like cave women in cages, kind of dancing around. And there's the song is like, you can look, but you can't touch, but you can enjoy her for a dollar. Yeah. And it's, it's all about like, you know, falling in love with like a sex worker or a stripper or something. It's all an illusion. Okay, here's the scary part. <laughs> it ties in very much with something wicked this way comes, which is by the end of the ride, he's an old man. Oh. He's been sapped. By this ride. Oh. And it's, it's not supposed to be like years later because like everyone else is still young. Yeah. But having paid his dollar and gone on the ride, he's now an old man. They didn't take like an old man actor and stick him in the vest. Yeah. They just took the kid, played by Robert Arquette. You may uh, know Another now, one of the Arquette. Oh, Alexis. It's Alexis Arquette. Oh, how funny. Who in later years uh, went through a transformation of his own. Yes. Her being, own. <laughs> now. being a lady. Yeah. She's a 
so they, they took him and they put like like a, an old man mask on him and he was like Ugh. oh wow so uh, again believing that movies and, and music videos are all sort of connected that these right. principles carry over from one to the other it's like yeah watch out for carnivals will turn you into an old man always watch out for carnivals really yeah okay yeah. now this one this uh, final one uh, scared me enough that I didn't, I, I kept putting off watching it uh-huh. as part of oh, the Oh, watching it again? Yeah. Yeah. Really? You, oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I was waiting for you to come over, and I was, like, alone in, in the apartment, and I was like, I don't want to, all right, I'll watch it. Ah. Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon. <sighs> I'm not sure if I've ever watched the video for I mean, I know the song. Yeah, the song I'm okay with. Uh, when I worked at a Halloween store, it was one of the songs they would just play oh, on the loop. Oh, dear Lord. I couldn't take that song over and over again. That I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm still fine with Highway to Hell. I cannot listen to Running with the Devil anymore. That's, oh, boy. Now it's in my head. Yeah, that, that, that song is uh, used up. It's welcome with me. <laughs> uh, okay, Bark at the Moon came out after Thriller. Okay. It's said that it was also influenced by American Werewolf in London. Okay, well, that would make sense. If, I think it would be a more classic video, and that like you would have even seen it if it was made with film. Okay. But it was shot on video, and you can really tell. Ugh. Yeah, but the special effects, specifically the werewolf makeup, are really good. Is there a scene of involuntary metamorphosis in this one? Someone's turning. Is it Ozzy, or is it someone it's, else who's turning into Ozzie, a werewolf? Well, it's a, it's like a Victorian England. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You can tell by the dress. Yeah. And setting. He's like like a Doctor Jekyll type of guy. He's down in his lab and he's mixing things up and he's yeah. laughing and there's like a concerned How's Ozzy's acting? Wife. Alright. Yeah? <laughs> you know, he's playing a mad scientist so sure. he's, he's good and frantic. <laughs> and then something happens and it turns him into a werewolf creature. And it's a good werewolf creature. Uh, the, um, I wrote down uh, it took five hours of makeup, and it was him without a shirt on, too. Even Michael Jackson's, it was just his hand and his head. Sure. As good as it was, yeah. his was full torso. Wow. Hair. Makeup artist Greg Cannon, assisted by a young Kevin Yeager, who went on to do makeup for Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, Freddy's Revenge. Freddy's Revenge. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's the subject of our first podcast. Check it out. Yeah, listen, watch the movie, and then listen to the podcast, or reverse it. Either way, it's super fun. So, that that was plenty scary. The fact that he would turn into this werewolf, and it was filmed part at Holloway Sanatorium, Sanitarium, in, in England. There are scenes of the, the werewolf chasing Ozzy himself. So, you're like, it, I thought he was the werewolf. But it seems that... It's chasing, or is it all in his head? Like, Jekyll oh, might chase, yeah. or Hyde might chase Dr. Jekyll. Or did he take too many drugs? Yeah, in, in, indeed. The staff of the uh, mental hospital was made up of members of his band. Oh. But everyone's got 80s hair, but they're working in a Victorian mental hospital. Right. So all this, this all sounds kind of hilarious, but no, not to you as a kid. No, no, very scary. All right. Ozzy was already sort of a scary figure. You, you would hear stories about him. Biting heads off things and, yeah. Someone had spray painted Ozzy rules on the side of my grade school. Oh. And it was like, who did that? A teenager. Ah. Probably a devil worshiper. Right. Who knows? But, you know, when, when you know, you're here during the day, I don't know what happens What's happening here during the soul's witching hour or whatever. 3 a.m. Yeah. The, the soul's midnight. The soul's midnight. When teenagers come out and drink beer. And when lots of people die. Yeah. yeah. So very scary. A few years later, 
just you know one of my buttons as as you know and i guess our listeners are learning is involuntary metamorphoses <laughs> like a wolfman etc uh he did a video for shot in the dark uh-huh. where a bunch of girls go to an ozzy osbourne concert and uh, one of them starts getting these headaches and then like her nails change into like long black nails and then her hair gets really long does she turn into a, a rock and roller <laughs> kind of she turns and then her eyes glow and she turns into the girl from the album cover. Oh. That later, the girls who, I guess, left their transformed friend at the concert see a billboard for like for that album. So she's turned into the ultimate fan or something. Pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's not really... But it is it is one of those videos where, actually, after the music dies down, then you get a little little bit of actual talking, a little yeah. dialogue. And they're going, look, look, it's, it's Denise, it's so-and-so up on the billboard. Yeah, and that was pretty scary for me. But at the end of uh, Bark at the Moon, the Ozzy character is given a good deal of health and is uh, is sent out with his uh, relieved, uh, probably fiancé. They always seem to be in these stories. Yeah. And they're like, all right, you're healthy now. And then he looks back up at the sanitarium and up on the roof is the Bark at the Moon uh, werewolf. Oh, boy. It and, wasn't and, all a dream or craziness. And Ozzy's just like... He looks up and he's like, that's scamp. He seems pretty okay with it. He's pretty nonplussed. I was not. I was. I, I just thought he'd, you know, it's the world's problem he's now. Like, run! Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, music videos. Uh, if not their content, definitely their accessibility. Yeah. Uh, kept me on pins and needles. Hey, happy Halloween. I hope you liked my video. That was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a wild thing. We're rocking here. It's on Halloween. This is cool. It's the Headbangers Ball. And uh, I'm hanging out here with the undead, of course, that are uh, walking among us, like the one back here. The man is dead. Looks like, uh, he, look, he looks like one of the DJs for VH1. All right, but uh, <laughs> that's right, I said it, because I'm on MTV, which is the hottest number one music channel there is. Oh, oh! Yeah, uh, so I'll just say that that about wraps us up. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Does your mother listen to this podcast? Not yet. She'll have to figure out iTunes first. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Boys and Ghouls. And as always, beware the moon. That's the end. You want to give me another beware the moon just sure. for safety? Yeah. Beware the moon. Beware. Beware.